You're listening to Becoming CEO, where we share our journeys as solo founders to becoming the CEO of seven-figure businesses. And these are our behind-the-scenes conversations as we figure it out. And these are things that most people just aren't sharing. You're, in my opinion, you're a better, like, quote unquote, CEO leader than I am. <laughs> Based uh, on, yeah, your opinion means jack squat for the record. Yeah, I know. But but that's, yeah, it's my opinion. And, uh, and actually, I know this because we work with a few mutual uh, team members, contractors that we both work with. And oh, yeah, and they told these, you, hey, I'm a better CEO than you. Is that what they said? They I doubt said it. that you're I really, a, I highly they said doubt that you're it. A, no, they did. They said you're a better leader uh, and clear on your vision um, and keep things moving forward without uh, just vomiting everything that you're thinking. But I'm, I'm the type of person that thinks out loud. And so sometimes that's dangerous where like if you're thinking out loud with your team, they're now trying to process all this stuff that may or may not be relevant or that they need to act on. And like, that might not be helpful. So the, the, the frame for this conversation is, um, I'm learning that I have, because of the way that I think out loud, as many of you now probably know on this show, <laughs> um, that I would share vision, but so broad that it, the team was still kind of confused and not sure necessarily how to act. Or I would share vision slash direction that had so many parameters that they like were going to like, I might as well just told them what I wanted it to look like, which eliminated a lot of the autonomy. And so I'm trying to find a healthy balance of how do I lead and direct people towards a specific outcome or, you know, vision direction while uh, giving them like giving them autonomy, but also making sure that like the output plays within, I guess, constraints or parameters for the lack of a better word, where like they still feel autonomous and that they can run with stuff. Um, I feel like I'm, I'm fine trying to find that balance. Uh, and then if there's any sort of tactical use cases on like, how would you communicate in such a manner, uh, to tee that up with your team? Like, what might that look like? The thing that comes to mind as a tool is uh, uh, something I learned from Dan Sullivan, strategic coach. He has this thing called mm-hmm. the impact filter, which is I know it in and of itself well. not yeah not totally groundbreaking, but but it's got yeah. the key elements in there, right? So the big idea is, mm-hmm. you know, when there's a new project, new initiative, you you bring up you bring on the person who's responsible for the execution, and the impact filter has you collaboratively and maybe there's some leadership here by you but essentially you agree on the important things Mm -hmm. you agree on why we're doing this you agree on what you want the results to look like you agree on what are the positive consequences of doing this right you agree on the Mm -hmm. the big picture in other words here's why we're doing it here's what we want to happen here's how we'll know it worked here are the results and the outcomes that we want to get right so we're directionally on the same page you and mm-hmm. your employee or whoever it is, you're directionally on the same page. And then you send them off and let them essentially figure out the how, right? We've defined the what we want mm-hmm. to accomplish and we give yeah. them flexibility in uh, in in defining the how. Um, and then I think it, it really depends on the level of the person that you're dealing with, right? The higher level the person in the organization, obviously the more autonomy you want to give them. Um, you know, for example, me and my COO, Carrie, we have 
you know, we don't go through and fill out the impact filter <laughs> necessarily, right? right? We have those conversations yeah. all the time. And then, you know, if it's her project to lead, she'll go off and she'll figure out the how. And we have, you know, very little communication on it unless she wants to involve me in the how. Right. Then, then she'll bring me and we'll have a conversation. Versus somebody more junior, we may have more frequent checkpoints. Like, why don't you go and start with this piece and then let's come back and have a conversation and then we can align on next steps accordingly. So I think that the how in terms of autonomy really mm-hmm. is going to vary by the, the, the level of the person you're dealing with. Yeah. And I think the, the thing that I run into personally is uh, if this is such a thing, I consider myself more of like a, a, a product or operations minded CEO. And so like, and as someone who has designed systems and loves systems, I oftentimes have a really good high level of what I'm expecting from like a, just to use a, a, a general term, like I kind of know the structure in how I want this to come out loosely, which could be dangerous. Cause like, as let, let's say as an example, um, we're trying to develop or restructure like our offer suite. And like, I could easily be like, Hey, like, look, here's, here's who we're best at serving. Here's what I think we are, you know, world-class at doing. Um, Here's what they need. Here's what they want. Do we all agree? Yes. Cool. I could be like, go too far and say like, I want a front end program. That's three to four months. That's roughly between this price point and a back end that has this sort of recurring revenue. And like, that might be too much parameters because like as a systems thinker, like I like to put things in containers because that's how I organize. That's part of how I organize my thoughts. And that like that way in which my brain works tends to lead to, I'm giving them like, Oh, okay. So you basically want a 90 day program and uh, you know, a blah, blah, blah on the back. And you kind of just told us. So like, is that what you're telling us? And you're like, well, no, I want you guys to figure it out. But it's like, but you kind of already told us what you want. Give them the solution. Yeah. Uh, So I think you got to pick your battles, right? I think, I think everyone has their strengths to your point. There are definitely, there are definitely areas where you, you already know what you want and you're probably right. And that's the way it probably should look. Mm. And, and I think those, those are the more challenging scenarios where, you have to kind of make a decision. Do you want to just lay out the, the the playbook for the sake of expediency and efficiency? Or do you want them to come to their own conclusions and learn from them set for themselves? And, and, and really, the latter is the preference. If you can guide them towards what you think is going to be the best solution while having them discover that for themselves, that's the ideal if you have the time to entertain that process because it's a longer process right versus scenarios which in which you don't necessarily know the answer and you might have opinions but your opinions are just that they're opinions and they're not you know Mm -hmm. necessarily going to be the best possible way of doing things i'll give an example um i got i got called into a couple of meetings last week and it was um, the frame was, well, we're rebuilding these trainings in, in the program. There's this original training that you recorded. All these things have changed. We need to rebuild this, rebuild that. And I'm not responsible for rebuilding it, but they wanted my take on the how. And I essentially, uh, you know, excuse myself from both meetings. And the reason was, number one, I'm so far removed from those processes 
that I don't even know if my input is valuable anymore. Um, and certainly I don't have any opinion on it that other smart people in the room won't be able to contribute themselves. And secondly, if you really want my opinion on it, I probably have a strong opinion and it might not be right. And we might just make things more complicated. So let me just not attend the meeting and you guys just go mm. ahead and get it done. Right. And that's a scenario in which I trust the team to make the right decision. If they're really, really, really stuck on something and they need my take, they will insist. Right. But the response I got was cool. We're good to go. <laughs> like they're not yeah, terribly yeah. concerned about my opinion in this case. And that's fantastic. Right. Versus there are scenarios absolutely where I've got a strong opinion and I need to make sure that the team knows what my take is on this. Cause I don't necessarily believe that they're going to have the same opinion and I feel strongly about it. And I'll be a lot more, you know, I don't know if forceful is the right word, but vocal, you know, if mm. that's, if that makes more sense about yeah. where I think we need to go. Um, if I have a strong opinion, I think the key here is, is kind of knowing like when you have a strong opinion that's valid and needs to be heard versus when you can kind of take a softer approach and, and, um, and let the team come up with their own solutions and be open to the fact that they, you know, in a lot of cases will have better solutions than you will. Yeah. Do you have any sort of like, I like your example and my example were both very specific. Do you have like any sort of, um, uh, like operating principles or decision-making guidelines that, um, like allow your team to operate in a way where they don't need to come to you. For example, let's say there's a client issue and you have, and maybe whatever, maybe any problem doesn't need to be a client issue. Hey, if you can solve this problem by spending less than 500 bucks, I'd rather you just go spend it and solve the problem than ever bring it up to me. Like, which could probably cover a lot of different things. And maybe there needs to be more parameters on, on something like that. But like, that's sort of like where I was going, like, is there a more loose set of values or decision-making guidelines that allow your people to operate a little bit more autonomously? Whether written or unwritten? I, I, no, I don't, I, we don't have anything that comes to mind. And I think the reason is because I have capable people leading all the functions mm -hmm. that, protect me from all of that really and your right? so like my coo you have your coo does your coo also lead client success or is that a different person yeah yeah she does also leads client success and then you lead marketing you don't lead sales no nah, i don't really lead marketing no i don't know i don't, I don't no. think that's fair to say anymore i think uh you know we have a fractional director of marketing that's not his title you know who i'm talking about but he really yeah. does lead marketing he he pulls me in when he needs me, you know. I'm not on top of it; he's on top of it. And then we have a fractional sales leader, you know. Same deal. He pulls me in when he needs me. Got so it. so okay. yeah. I mean, I think I get shielded from a lot of the problems because we have the right people in the right places who take care of, you know, the majority of them. Unless I need to get involved. I like it. Sometimes totally I about the get involved filter. voluntarily <laughs> because I want to. Do you notice that you matter. do you do you seem to be doing that in certain areas? Like kind of back to your point originally, like you have certain you do have strong opinions on certain things. Like, is there are there certain things that you tend to uh, insert your opinion on more so yeah, than others? Sales. sales, yeah, sales is where I tend to get more involved. 
Um, uh, I think I'm better now than I used to be, but I, I, I sales is where I tend to be more hands-on. Um, you know, marketing is a little bit tricky because, you know, a lot of the marketing assets I have to create ultimately. Right. And so, right, you know, yeah. for example, I recorded a VSL yesterday, right. And it's my decision on what mm -hmm. I say in the VSL because it's my VSL, right. And I'm going to get the team's feedback on how it looks and you know, what they think and whatnot, but ultimately I'm driving the bus there. So it's a little bit different. Got it. So for, um, because some people don't know, I mean, you kind of talked through the high level of the, the impact filter, um, for someone else who's like trying to step up as a leader, but finds himself inserting maybe too strong of their opinion, uh, what would be like your top tips for improving that situation. I, I think the, the, the big thing is what we just talked about, right? Like you, you got to have the humility as a CEO to know that your opinion doesn't reign supreme on all matters. Like you don't necessarily have the right answer for everything. And if you can't get your head around that, we got bigger problems than mm. delegation, right? If yeah. you, if you genuinely believe that your opinion is the smartest opinion in the room all the time, either you're just arrogant <laughs> Right. <laughs> Which is, a, again, a bigger problem. Right. Yeah. Or you've hired people who can't think for themselves, which is another problem. Yeah. Right. If you've hired a bunch of doers who can execute but can't think, well, you're not delegating anything then. Right. Like then you've got to make all the decisions. And maybe there's mm. maybe there's a stage for that. Right. Like when you're really, really small. Um, but if you want to grow, you, you know, we've talked about this before. You can't just hire doers. You got to hire thinkers and managers. Right. Yeah. You can who can execute and make decisions. So, you know, you, you got to have this belief that there are, there are other opinions out there that are valid and probably better than yours. You know, when it comes to client success, as an example, I don't have an opinion. Like, I don't know. Hmm. I have no clue. Like someone comes to me and says, what's going to improve the results of your clients and your organization? I don't know. It's not my job. You know, it's not my department. There are people on my team yeah. that are knee deep in that stuff and their opinion means a thousand times more than mine does on that matter. Right. You know, even yeah. sales, like, you know, we had a, we had a retreat with, uh, with some of our sales team, um, by retreat, I mean a two hour meeting in the boardroom, right. Uh, last week, but it was kind of out of the ordinary, like out of the, in the, the normal cadence. Yeah. But she, they're local. They're, the people that were there were local. Mm. Um, it was kind of out of the ordinary of our normal sales cadence. And we just started talking open-endedly about like, what, what are we seeing and what are we feeling from the market and like what's coming up and what are the objections? And it was just kind of an open conversation and boy, like I know how to sell, you know, and, uh, I sell really well and I'm on most of the sales meetings and most of the huddles, but I learned so much just from listening to some of my sales reps talk about what they're coming up against on calls about what they're coming up against that I didn't know about. Mm -hmm. And maybe yeah. before that conversation, I was like, you know, why aren't they selling more? And why aren't they doing this? And I had my opinions on it. And my opinions were flat out wrong after that conversation because I learned from kind of the boots in the ground perspective of what they're seeing. Mm. You know, so what was my point? I don't know what I was. Yeah. <laughs> you don't know everything. Really you don't. Sure. I mean, if you're building yeah, you an organization and you got people that are working, working, working with you and engaging with the market, engaging with the clients, you know, that's who this show is targeted at, obviously. You don't know everything. Yeah. You're not having, you're not yeah. in all the conversations. 
Agreed. Um, Which is, you know, like that's tough. That's scary too, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, it's super scary. And, you know, I mean, I would be lying if I said that like I – do I, I mean i don't do this perfectly <laughs> like straight up like um i do have strong opinions and like as you as you say so you know as you say some of the things you just mentioned like i don't think i was coming from a place of like i think i know better um it probably shows up that way though <laughs> um like but yeah to your point like on client success for example we have a lot of great curriculum and we, we can solve a lot of different problems, but like, we're definitely better at solving some problems than others. And some of the clients, you know, have not gotten results on areas where, you know, I think the expectation was maybe improperly set. And like, I could pontificate as to why that's the case and what we could change. But like the, there's other people that are closer to it that it's like, Hey, you tell me what should be included and what you think they should focus on because you're the ones talking to them more so than I am. Um, and yeah, that was kind of just like, even just recently, like a little bit of an aha, like, yeah, I actually don't believe that I know better than, than they do right now. And I'd say also I'm more willing than ever to allow them to run with more stuff. Hence kind of this conversation, like, because as I kind of came to some of these realizations, it was like, all right, well, there, there are some changes that need to happen. And the team is looking to me for like, we need to know where you want to go and like, what's important to you so that like we can run with it. And I don't think, and every time I've given any sort of what I want and the parameters, I'm really easily, it's just by nature, I can go into the how because that's how my brain works. And so like specifically on the product side, because that's like my favorite piece, it just comes out easier. But in this case, it's like, yeah, I'm really good at it. It is important to me, but how it gets structured and what sequence people go through certain things and who has access to what and when, I'm probably not the best person to answer that, like, cause I'm not in the front lines on some of that stuff. Uh, and so n- despite me having a strong opinion in, in product, I actually need to like, just only wear the CEO hat on this next wave of communication to them, which was kind of hard, like has been hard for me. Um, because so, I'm just so here's something that might it the way. Here's something that might be helpful. I, I think one of the ways we've simplified yeah. a lot of these decisions is mm-hmm. by prioritizing the following question. What does the client want? Yep. And we've, we've kind of had this, this question permeate our entire organization. We hired a, a market research consultant. She's also a coach in our program that helps our clients with market research. We hired a consultant. We went through an exercise and we've kind of like embedded this into our culture everywhere. What does the client want? What does the client, not just paying clients, like from a marketing perspective, what does the market want? From a sales perspective, what does our prospect want? And from a client Mm -hmm. perspective, what does the client want? And um, we've just just baked this into our culture. It's it's the question that we keep asking. So when when it comes to, well, what's the best way to build this training? Well, what's best for the client? It comes out in different ways. What's best for the client? Mm -hmm. It's not, you know, what, I, what we say to people in a sales conversation when they come to us for help 
and they ask, well, how are we going to come up with great messaging? Because it's one of the things that we do, right? Our answer to them is great messaging is not born in my head or your head. It's born out of the client's head, comes out of their mind. So yeah. I'll tell people, it doesn't matter what I think your messaging should be like. And it doesn't matter what you think it should be like. It matters the client wants to hear, right? Yep. So that's the question that we ask on every yeah. decision. What does the client want? What's going to get them the best results? What's going to empower them the most? And really, I think as a CEO, you know, when you really want to boil down your job, it comes down to asking two questions. Who do we serve and what do they want? Yep. When those two because we get, and both get confusing, right? Who do we serve can get confusing. It can get complicated. And I think I find well, that I that's think, one point we've got to rally people back to often. Yeah. And well, and I do think there's actually a third piece to that, that I think probably has led me down some wrong paths. And I can definitely say some others is, so if it's, um, who do you serve and what do they want? But I also do think there's a, a especially for, uh, I don't know if in your world, a lot of B2B consultants deal with scope creep and stuff like that, like agencies do, but like, what do you want? Like, is also important because I think some of the, the issues that we've had, say, on the client success side is we've gone down the rabbit hole of something, one thing that the clients want, but not that we want, right? But we did it because it was, well, the client wants it. And, you know, I think it's like you see, uh, not to like point fingers at anyone specifically, because it seems like everyone's doing this now. It's like, oh, well, let's just add a recruitment offer to our thing. Like, because they're not going to go find the person like, why don't we just go find them for them? Because that's what the client wants. And it's like, but do you want to do like, do you want to add that complexity to your business? And we saw a lot of people do it. And I saw a lot of people take it away because they're like, well, I just made my whole life way more complicated. Like I don't need to be this piece. So like one realization that we had, and this actually came out of a conversation with you a little bit is like, so people come to us, because they're typically stuck in fulfillment and they don't have capacity to serve more clients. Um, and they haven't been creating content or have a process for creating content or a process for bringing people to them and getting in front of their avatar. Um, and so like we are really good at getting them out of fulfillment and getting out of being kind of the main bottleneck inside of that so that they have more capacity. Um, and very quickly they want, they want leads. And it's like, well, we know how to like generate leads in a variety of ways, not all of the ways, some of which are slower than others. And some of the people that want leads faster than is possible when they're not ready, it's like, I'm not capable of delivering on that result, um, at least in a way that I feel confident in. Yet we've, we've gone down that path a little bit too far. And so one thing we realized is we'd get prospects coming to us that fundamentally will tell us all they really need is leads. Um, and we would still work with them and they still needed some of our help on other things, but like, they're just like, if they don't have leads tomorrow, they're, they're dead. Right. And it's like, that's actually not a good client for us. Like, it, like go get a lead. Like if you have your offer dialed already and you have capacity and truly you do need leads, like, go hire a lead gen agency. Like you don't need a program. You don't need to fix fulfillment if you have capacity and you, you already love what you're doing. Like, and we would find ways sometimes that where it made sense to bring those people in where it's like, no, that's actually like a hard line now. <laughs> like we don't have to become lead gen experts. I think we know how to help people get in front of and capture the right leads. But like, if all you need is to 
you know, 10 X the number of leads that you have and you like, and you're going to be fine. Like then we're not the solution for you um, has been like little instances like that. I'm kind of coming up against. So who do you sort of, what do they want slash need? Can you deliver it? And do you want to deliver it? Cause you Good don't have questions. to be all things to all people. Cause you don't have to be all things to all people. Um, you could point so those, them to those a are CEO level those. questions right there. Oh, thank you. And, and and they get and they get more complicated <laughs> as you grow and yeah. things get more muddy and you've got to realign people back to well not necessarily back to but realign people with some clarity on those answers and it may shift and that's fine but that's what we do yeah for sure well hopefully those some of those questions um if you're in a situation right now as a listener um and you feel like you've basically just been telling your people what to do and that's not been working for you and or them uh and you want to kind of actually start becoming more of a leader maybe it's you know looking at this conversation a little bit more deeply listening to it again asking some better questions and and knowing which conversation is to step out of uh and when to start trusting and enabling some of your some of your team cuz they're probably anxious to do so and you don't even know it. At least that's what I found with my team. All right, y'all hope you enjoyed this one. We'll see you in the next one.